You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's say hello to a member of that outstanding broadcast team and an old friend, Lincoln Kennedy, the former Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Link, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Be Webb and Katie's K Stewart, man. It's good to be with you, man. How you guys doing? We are doing well, and we know you're busy on a game day, so thanks so much for taking the time. Let's start with defense. Undeniably, Khalil Mack, one of the best defensive players in the league. John Pagano added to the coaching staff. So why do you think this team is still dealing with real issues, and how much could Navarro Bowman help tonight? Is he going to make the start? Well, that's still up in the air. It hasn't been undecided yet. I mean, we, we don't know. I don't have a report as of this time whether or not he's going to play or not, if he'd be ready for it. But, you know, typically speaking, Navarro Bowman brings a presence not only as a veteran linebacker, an all-pro, but someone who not only has a savvy about playing defense, but more importantly has the attitude playing defense right. The linebacker core has been riddled with injuries and inconsistency play, especially because you put the young linebackers in an all switches spot. Um, so we'll see if it is an addition once he gets in the lineup. But I'll tell you, the, the thing has not been so much scheme, it's been personnel. You know, in the offseason, the Raiders try to address their secondary with Gary Connolly uh, and, and, uh, and other people to, to sort of make the addition to this defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. And because of injuries and inconsistent play, it just hasn't happened yet. And now they either be labored by injuries, uh, injuries and trying to inconsistencies and trying to keep these guys healthy. So. It's a chore in itself just getting, you know, 11 healthy guys out there for defense. When you mentioned addressing issues on the team, one was addressed, uh, and that was at the running back position after allowing Murray to move forward to to go out and lend his services to Minnesota. You bring in uh, Marshawn Lynch. Give me your take on how you're looking at this now with Marshawn. Was this more of a a public uh, announcement and move uh, to get the crowd and the fan base a little bit more enthusiastic about the team because of the move going to Vegas, or this is just who they are and this is what some may have thought was uh, what it was going to be like because he only has, what, two touchdowns and averaging like, what, 3.7 yards per rush? Well, the reality, case Stewart, is the fact that, you know, Marshawn Lynch was a big body back that the Raiders desperately need needed to run between the tackles. They've got that. The misnomer was that everybody was thinking that it was going to be the Marshawn Lynch of his past in his career, especially what you saw in Seattle. But the truth of the matter is that this is not a running team. This is not a team that's going to rely on the run. Seattle did. Seattle was perfectly fine with handing the ball 25, 30 times a game and having Marshawn Lynch and crew sort of you know make waves and, and control the game, especially with that defense. This is not the case. This is Derek Carr's offense. He likes to spread it around, spread the ball around, throwing it. And they had Marshawn as a changeup. Now, the reason why you talk about the early numbers not being as successful is, well, it's, it's also a fallacy when people think that he was going to come in and be able to save everything. Um, he's not that type of player anymore. He's 34 years old. You can't really give him the ball 25, 30 times a game. Because, like I said, this isn't a running, uh, running uh, football team per, per se. And more importantly, because of his age and his status, he's a little beat up. He's been out of the game a year so. I was one of those people who came into the season thinking that Marshawn was going to play. Uh, I carried the ball anywhere for 10 to 12 times a game, and he's kind of been on pace for that. It's going to be a collective effort. Um, the reason why Marshawn Lynch has trying to been, been trying to bring DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard along because they know there's going to be a running back by committee. There's not one running back that's going to put them over top. That being said, when no, recently in the past couple of weeks, when number 24 is in the game, uh, because they have yet to really open up play action or other venues, um, people kind of crack down. They bring an extra man down in the box. You're kind of running into a seven, eight-man box at times where you don't have enough blockers, and the tendencies have killed the Raiders early in the season. So that's one of the reasons why he hasn't had as much success as one would thought.
chatting with our friend Lincoln Kennedy, sideline analyst, Raiders Radio Network. Link, since you're down on the field, you had a great perspective of Derek Carr on Sunday. How did he look to you coming back from the back injury, just watching the game on TV? Seemed a bit out of sync, and you know he came up with a pair of interceptions. Well, the thing is that, you know, the interceptions, interceptions were definitely costly, but you know, what I saw the Raiders consciously doing was trying to protect Eric Carr as best as possible, giving him really short routes, not really trying to stretch the field, trying to get the ball out of his hands early. And that's sort of what the, the sort of theory was. Now, you can make, you can think that you know, one would say that with the, the game being on Sunday against the Chargers and then following this Thursday coming up against the Chiefs, that it's pretty much going to be the same game plan in place. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to jump on that. Maybe they'll try to stretch the field a little bit more. But the big thing is trying to keep Derek Carr out there on the field by protecting him, not only with short throws and getting the ball out of his hands, but not trying to have him hold on and be susceptible to maybe some hits from the defense. When you see this division being one that has the Denver Broncos who at any moment can explode, um, we end up seeing them have a loss against the Giants, which doesn't hurt too bad because it's not within the division nor within the conference. You see uh, the other teams like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, that you guys are going to play actually uh, this weekend. It, it's, it's, it's one of those games where it seems as if the Oakland Raiders have their number, but Kansas City is playing really good football. You think they're up for the match of playing against this well, Kansas City Chiefs team? I will tell you what, Cordell. The, 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 the Kansas City Chiefs have had the Oakland Raiders number for a few years ago. Derek Carr has won. I think he's one in five against the Chiefs in his short career. Right. Um, so he has not been able to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are the thorn in the, the Raiders' side. Um, to me, it's one of those teams, and, and you know because you play the game, Cordell, it, it seems to be usually a team in your division that you can't get over the hump. You know, you think back historically, forever the Indianapolis Colts could not beat the New England Patriots. When they did, they made a, road to, a ride to the Super Bowl. But until then, they kept hitting their head against the wall. The way the round robin sort of works for me in the AFC is, is, is as such. Um, I believe Kansas City can beat New England, but Kansas City can't beat Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh can beat Kansas City, but Pittsburgh can't beat New England. Right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Houston and Oakland sort of follow somewhere in the mix, but I know right now Oakland has yet to beat Kansas City. Until Oakland is able to get over the hump and beat Kansas City, you can't even talk about playoffs or aspirations and maybe make it a run because you still have two teams that, that are part of that AFC hierarchy that are in your way, formidable foes. And you might be able to throw Houston in the mix, depending on which Houston uh, Texans team you get on which day, or somebody else from the AFC South. But right now it's got to be the, it's Houston. It's probably the Texans uh, because uh, Oakland can beat Tennessee, but I'm not necessarily sure they can consistently beat Houston. So that's sort of the round robin that you have within the hierarchy of AFC. Feels like we're playing three-card Monte, just moving this stuff Certainly. around, trying yeah, to figure out who's going to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, pal, you know how passionate Raider fans are dating back to your playing days, and you're physically close to them in Oakland as a sideline analyst. As you interact with Raider Nation, has anything changed this season with the announcement the team is heading to Nevada in 2020? No, that seems like a long prospect away. Most most of the Raider Nation fans are holding out hope that this team might be able to win a championship while it's still in Oakland, and that's what they're celebrating. A little bit down because they're on, a, on the midst of a four-game losing streak, but at any time this Raider team is able to get a win, the euphoria and the excitement will be surrounding this team again. Right now they are the Oakland Raiders, and that's what most of the Raider Nation are focusing, are focusing on. When you talk about a window of opportunity, I thought last year was probably the better year for this team with Derek Carr as a starting quarterback. Defense was playing solid offensively. They found ways to make it work by throwing it. It seemed like it's changed a little bit. You think that window of opportunities closed a little bit or they still have an opportunity? 
No, I still think they have the opportunity. Matter of fact, they added a few additional superstars on the or stars on the offensive side to really make things way uh, go for them. You know, Cordell, in my opinion, last year's success they far they far exceeded expectations. Going twelve and four, I didn't think they were going to win twelve games, but they found themselves in a position where they did win double digit games, but they could not get over the Kansas City hump. And then when Derek Carr went down with a broken leg, um, they really lost their way. They they couldn't do anything in the last game against uh, Denver. And then, of course, uh, what they lose in the first round divisional playoffs and uh, against Houston. So we know that Derek Carr is the, the main focus of this team. That's why it's so important for them to be in, uh, for him to be in the lineup. I still think the window is open, but but here's the thing: we all know this. You're only going to have a short time. Other than the New England Patriots, you really don't have a huge window or a huge opportunity for success when it comes to uh, playoff runs and championship runs. So it's now or never. They've got to right the ship, but first things first, they've got to get a win, and they've got to finally get a win against a team they have not had a ton of success against, like I mentioned, and it's a divisional game. Um, I think it's, it's widely known that they're probably not going to win the division. It's not impossible, but it's a very uphill pass. Uh, task, but in, in, who knows? Once you get in as a wild card, anything can happen. So now their goal is just win some games to where they can become playoff bound. Lakey, great information as always. We'll get you go and get ready for your broadcast as we say goodbye. Cordell and I have had a difference of opinion when it comes to the role of the media, and Cordell says, "Well, when he was playing in Pittsburgh, he had to deal with a lot of stupid questions." Do you have any recollection of me standing in front of your locker when I was covering the Raiders for Fox Sports Net Bay Area? Was I asking tough questions or was I a dope? I be honest. You to ask tough questions, but be web. I don't remember half the questions you asked, but I don't never thought of you as a man. <laughs> Thank you, Lincoln. I appreciate I your time. How impactful he was to you, Lincoln. That's a good answer. No, buddy. I was afraid good of Lincoln. Answer. He's a big giant guy, so I go, uh, "Hey, big fella, how's it going to go on Sunday?" And I'd leave the locker room before someone looked at me. Thank you, Lincoln. Have a great broadcast. Guys, would be well. I'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.